Is Luke Hodge a good match for the Brisbane Lions? Michael Whiting thinks so, and tonight he joins us to talk about that story and also Tom Rockliffe's free agency future. Will it be with us or will it be somewhere else? Let's do it. Ollie, welcome to another episode of the podcast. We've got um, Mike Whiting back for another dose. Thanks for joining us, Mike. No worries, Keegs. Ollie, how are you guys? Great. Yeah, very well, Mike. Not so great, I suppose, in terms of footy results, but, you know, life goes on, I suppose. Um, It does. The last month's been pretty good, but the weekend for Brisbane fans wasn't so great, was it? A couple of of bad quarters in there. It's a shame you can sort of you know, take one step forward and almost two steps back almost instantly. But I suppose with a young team, you've got to expect lapses like that every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Geelong's up and about at the moment. They've hit some really good form. So mm. no shame in losing to a good side like that. Would have liked to be a bit more competitive, but it was always going to be a pretty tough game. So the reason that we got you on this tonight, Mike, is obviously you wrote an article last weekend, a commentary piece about the prospect of Luke Hodge potentially joining the Lions on a sort of one-year playing role and then coaching, assistant coaching thereafter. Um, <clears throat> that sort of hit a speed bump today when Hodge retired, but <laughs> I suppose the premise of your point still stands and you know how valuable um, a leadership role for someone in the back line could be for the Lions, a young Lions side? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I guess the initial idea for me was sparked a couple of weeks ago when Hawthorne played Adelaide on that Friday night and Hodgie was mic'd up. And mm. we've heard all these stories about what a great leader he is and, and how great it is for Hawthorne to have so many um, on-field coaches. But seeing it f- a bit more first-hand like that... Um, was pretty eye-opening. I thought the vision was fantastic and how he directed um, Hawthorne's young backline, guys like Ryan Burton, for example, mm. who's having a great um, a great season himself. But just seeing how he directed traffic and instructed and taught just sort of opened my eyes a little bit because we yeah. don't get that access to, to players like that on field. So mm. um, sort of sparked an idea then and obviously seeing what had happened last year with Sam Mitchell and Jordan Lewis probably made me think that Hawthorne might be um, you know, open to the idea of releasing their older generation a couple of players at a time. And as it turns mm-hmm. out, as you said before, Hodgie's now retired. So um, that might put the put the clamps on that idea. But, yeah, I, I just thought it was a bit of a no-brainer. And obviously the connection with um, Chris Fagan over a long period made the link pretty straightforward and, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chris still asks him, um, even if it is a bit tongue-in-cheek mm. now that he's retired, whether he'd like to come up. But, yeah, I think the premise is still still there that a, an older head, mm. um, and there's probably not many better than Luke Hodge going around, no, that uh, was would a make a big fit. difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, they're just so, so young, Brisbane's back line. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows that. I think it's... You know, the average age must be 21 or 22 in that back mm. six or, or sort of eight guys that maybe rotate through those back six spots. So mm. having an old head there would be invaluable. Um, Ollie, I'll ask you, I guess as a fan, how did you feel about the idea Mike floated last week? When I first heard of it, I thought there was no way 
I would like the idea, but once I read Mike's article, I was like, that sounds great. And it was a really <laughs> good article. And I think you see that with GWS in the, the first year or two yeah. and bringing in those guys like Luke Power, Dean Brogan, Chad Corns. And I think the influence they had early on, even though it wasn't telling early on because they weren't winning many games, mm. I think it helped those younger players long-term. You compare that to the Gold Coast and the situation they're in at the moment. They didn't have those sort of older guys basically as playing assistant coaches and they're yeah, really their poles yeah. apart now, GWS mm. and Gold Coast. So I think, yeah, and Brisbane has been compared to GWS in their early years just with where they are in development and mm. just lacking those older players. So I think ideally you'd, you'd want a bit more experience there and, yeah, something like Luke Hodge would have been ideal, but mm. he's pulled the pin. But Keggs, you're not that convinced that he's done for good. I just think, Mike, I'll throw this idea to you as well, that <clears throat> having gone through everything they went through last year and how poorly managed it was with Sam Mitchell and Jordan Lewis and the backlash they caught from supporters, I'm not entirely convinced that this is a straightforward retirement. I think maybe he is sort of preparing himself for another year or, you know, it might not necessarily be with Brisbane, but certainly as a playing sort of coach role, um, I think it becomes a whole, more, a whole lot more easy to swallow for a supporter as a retirement. And then, you know, at the end of the season, he says, oh, you know, Chris Fagan's got in my ear and said this, and I think I got some more footy in me and good opportunity to learn from, you know, like a Fagan or an experienced coach mm. like that. So I I might have the tinfoil hat on, but I'm not totally convinced that this is the last we'll hear of, you know, a potential re, um, yeah, Fagan-Hodge being reunited. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know Luke Hodge at all, but, mm. um, and I guess him and, his in, in, him and his inner circle are probably the only ones that know what he's really thinking or why mm. he's come to this decision. And But I think... You'd be foolish not to ask at mm. least and put it forward yeah. if you're if you're Chris Fagan and I, and I understand like what, what Ollie was saying before about when you first hear the idea it, it might not sit well with people. A few people re- replied to me on Twitter saying that it was going to take games away from mm. um, you know younger guys, which I sort of tried to address in my piece, thinking mm. that I I don't I think there's a lot of quite a few holes still. I mean, less than there was a year yeah. or two ago, but there's still a lot of holes in Brisbane's list. And if the guys are good enough, they'll get games. And I think we've seen that with Alex Witherden in the last few weeks. I mean, if he's mm. good enough, you're not going to you're not going to hold him back. He's he's going to get a run. But um, yeah, just that just that older head, I think, is invaluable. Mm. And funny, you touched on GWS, and your point's exactly right, Ollie, about the guys like Dean Brogan and. Uh, Lukey Power and uh, and a few others that played the first couple of years, and even more so recently, a slightly different role. But I sort of think the value of Heath Shaw, and I know he's a lot younger than um, Luke Hodge at the moment, but um, he, his value's probably been overlooked as well, helping mm. guys like um, Zach Williams and um, yeah. and the rest of their back line. So just having an older guy just can't be... And an older guy that can that still can play, and and Hodgie's form's probably got better as the years worn on. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think the the idea is still good. I don't, as I touched on, I don't know whether he's. I mean, you might have a point, Keegs. You, you, you know, you might be able to stoke the fire a little bit mm. um, in a couple of weeks if you're Chris Fagan. You might be able to, you know, which buttons to push and yeah, and hit him up. But um, yeah, I guess time will tell. 
he did say in his press conference today that he did feel good both mentally and, and physically, so you never know. But um, one of the points you did raise in your piece was it would free up a guy from a leadership role like Harris Andrews, who obviously has the job of you know conducting the back line. And I think to a lesser extent as well, Daniel Rich, I think his game, particularly in the last few weeks, probably suffered a bit with that responsibility and having to organise everyone. Like I actually think he's been pretty solid this year, but his last two weeks have yeah. fallen away pretty dramatically and um just having someone there that could you know point the finger and orchestrate everyone else might free him up and even just you know i suppose give him a bit of peace of mind as well to play a bit more naturally yeah it's a good point i hadn't thought of daniel rich um the impact on him but i agree with you i think he's actually had a a pretty good season and Mm. i I wasn't the only one there was plenty of people that was quite harsh on him last year Mm. for um underperforming but Generally, this year, I think he's been pretty good. but And I hadn't thought of it in that context, so it's um, it's not a bad point. It's not just the the young guys that can learn and benefit from um, the leadership of a Luke Hodge, but it, taking a bit of pressure off a couple of those mid, mid-tier mid guys like Rich certainly wouldn't go astray. And he's, yeah, not, and he's really... probably not... Yeah, sorry, sorry, Ollie. He's probably not a natural leader, Daniel Rich, either. And he's, no. So any any help in that back line would probably you know would be of great assistance. Yeah, it's a really good point about Rich. I think in his first couple of years when the Lions were doing okay, especially that first year, he just flourished. And I think he's one of those guys that he's never going to be the guy that leads from the front and um, takes the game by the scruff of the neck. But if you have good players around him, he mm. can really go to another level and probably get back to that sort of form we saw early in his career, if you've got those more experienced players around him taking the heat off a bit, I think you're really going to see the best out of him. Mm. Um, yeah, he certainly played better in those... Sorry, mate. He just thought, thought he had Simon Black for his first few years who was copping tags and um, probably a slightly stronger midfield, as you touched on, and that's probably thinned out over the last couple of years and he's copped a bit more of the pressure. So, um, yeah, I, I mean... We've seen glimpses of it this year of him getting back towards his best. Probably need to see a little bit, a little bit more to be convinced just yet. But he's heading in the right direction, I think, compared to last year anyway. Yeah, for sure. We should point out um, the premise of your piece wasn't solely based around Luke Hodge. It was just, I guess, the the Sam Mitchell sort of um, deal, or you know, playing coach role, yeah. which could also be applied to like a Jared McVeigh who's getting on at Sydney. Josh Gibson, um, Sean Burgoyne, who's playing some pretty good footy and would be a really good get mm. if we could just sort of slot him on a half-back flank. But um, mm. I think even though Hodge is retired and I personally might be sceptical, it's not sort of the um, end of the road for that idea and still something the, the club yeah. might look at if other than Luke Hodge. It's just appealing to almost what the player might want in their future too, isn't it? <laughs> just yeah. because they're done. I mean, that's that's the smart play these days. They might think they've got a year left and then they can transition into coaching, which is what you know a number of players want to do. They want to stay involved in the game. And if you can appeal to their future, um, short term and longer term, that that's probably the way to go. And those names you mentioned are like great examples of mm. guys that are coming towards the end that might be able to be lured. Um, and I would, have, coaching offer as well. I would have thought Chris Fagan's reputation as sort of almost the mastermind behind Hawthorne's, you know, era of success probably <clears throat> endears him to players sort of looking at him fondly and thinking, oh, you know, this guy knows what's going on. He could help me in my future. 
And obviously the Queensland element mm. as well. It's probably not the worst place in the world to be if you're a retired player looking to, to kick on for a year. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking last week when I wrote the piece, I think it um, went on our website on a Wednesday and it was a, just a perfect 22 or 23 degrees and all, <laughs> all of my... Um, <laughs> All of my co-workers in Melbourne were emailing and whinging about how bad the weather is down there. I yeah. thought it would be a nice time if you were pitching to Luke Hodge or someone to get him up here. But, yeah, it's not, yeah. A, it's not a bad place to come back end of your career. Um, so I guess that's a situation we'll monitor throughout the, the rest of the year. But another situation we're all keeping our eye on is Tommy Rockcliffe. And you actually spoke to him last week. Um, can you give us your thoughts on your chat with him think the main thing us fans sort of took out of it was you know he's going to put his family first whatever that means you could sort of twist that either way really mm. yeah you could and that's <laughs> I've probably tried to twist it both ways in my head as well since yeah. I walked away from there and not being a trained psychologist I don't I yeah. don't know what the right answer is but um <laughs> he's uh, I thought as Tom generally is when he speaks to the media which he hasn't done much of this year I, he's pretty open mm. and he's pretty um, pretty honest, so I think yeah, fans would have got a pretty good insight. I don't know what you guys thought, but um, to say he's going to put his family first, my initial thought was that means he's going to chase the biggest contract. I mean, that's mm. the first thing that popped into my head, and I don't know whether that's um, more a reflection on me than than, any, than, mm. than anything else. But obviously, if you think about it for more than five seconds, um, that could also mean that um, he's his partner um, is comfortable up here, and they and that um, that Tom and and Shana, his his partner, and their new or their soon to be newborn, would be quite comfortable staying here. So, mm. um, I mean, I don't know which way to take it, and the negotiations have barely even started. So, mm. um, I mean, I think I think we can say that money is going to play a, a reasonable factor. So, if Brisbane um, really want Tom. And Chris Fagan's made all the right noises in that regard. That that he's been re- really impressed with what Tom's done this year, and mm. and if he has turned things around off field, like like Chris has said, and I've got no reason to doubt him, that, that Brisbane's keen to keep him. They're, they're going to have to um, put up a decent uh, a decent chunk of change to keep him. I think because if he gets a big, a significantly bigger offer from elsewhere, it sounds like he you know would be tempted to take that. Ollie, yeah, I don't know how. What, how did you guys read it? Yeah, yeah, Ollie, yeah. I, I think it's going to take something pretty dramatic for him to leave at this stage. The way I read your article is, they're pretty happy in Queensland. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm taking out of it, but yeah, I think they're pretty happy in Queensland. I'm, she's a Queensland girl, from all reports, and he's got a house there. He's been building that for a long time, and he's obviously been in the club through out the hard years and now you can see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel I think unless the Lions really don't want him they don't offer a good contract I think mm. we'll see him stay yeah my and that my... was an interesting oh sorry Keggs I was just going to say that that was an interesting line from his from him as well he said as part of his answer that it depends on what the club wants that was yeah. strange he wasn't might, it he might be sure. yeah yeah it's a bit odd but um... yeah so I read that as that he does want to stay if the club wants him. And I guess that's what we're yet to find out. Like mm. I've said that Chris Fagan's been at, um, like gone to great, he hasn't gone to great lengths. He's just answered the questions he's been asked, but he's certainly been very adamant about how important Tom's been. And I don't know what you guys think as, as uh, supporters, but 
would you be offering Tom a long contract and what do you think he can bring to the club um, in the next few years? Because some people's some people in the public out there say to me, no, we'd be quite happy to, to lose him and get a, another first-round pick in return or two first-round picks or whatever they get for compensation or, or a trade. Um, That's how I interpret I you, his comment about you know what the club wants because there's a potential that if he does leave on a good wicket that they'll get a you know pick two first after their first pick, which yeah. at the moment is probably projected to be the first one. So that's probably the... <clears throat> other thing to consider with all this I think in terms of it's a bit confusing how the compensation works because no one actually knows how it works it's like the great secret of the AFL that they just sort of do what they want but I think this year it's going to be complicated with the rise in the CBA I think I know Mike you might have a better understanding of how all that works but I think there's a bit more um, change in the pocket this year which might affect the percentages and in terms of how it works with compensation but, yeah, um, it'll still come down to percentages. Yeah, mm, but yeah, as a fan, you know, I think you, I want him to stay. He's been through so so many bad times with us. You'd hope that eventually he can play finals footy with us, which would be a great reward and testament to him as a person. And yeah, I just think you still need players like him and to help Beams and the rest shoulder the load while Barry and McCluggage are still growing and developing. Um, and that said, I think at the back end of his career, he could probably play a pretty dangerous role purely in the forward line. Like We've mm. seen countless times throughout his career how dangerous he is one-on-one yeah. in the forward line. So I'm definitely in the keep camp. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, I'm definitely in, in the, the keep camp as well. And it's a good point you make about him playing as a forward. We have seen on occasions him mm-hmm. go forward and really do a good job. I think there's a game... Maybe against Melbourne about five years ago, he really took the game apart up forward, just his strong marking and played as a forward in his junior career as well. Mm. So he has that versatility there. But I think just with the side being so young right now, you need to keep someone like that. And you need the experience. Like we're talking. You need the experience there. If you get rid of him and you bring in a, an 18, 19-year-old, you're, mm. you're getting rid of that experience again. So I think experience is exactly what the lines they at the moment. Like we're yeah. still gonna bring in younger players, but I think you need someone like Tommy Rockliffe to stick around and really lead from the front. Oh, I tend to agree. I mean I think we've seen even this season in the last six weeks when um, when Rocky was injured and then Dane Beams was injured and you only sort of had one of those two guys in the team at any one time there for sort of four or five weeks in a row and you just take one of those bodies out because there's only three or four sort of hardened experienced bodies and then you take one out mm. yeah and all of a sudden the pressure went on to Dane Zorko against the Giants mm-hmm. and he had his one poor game so I don't want to point that out because his game on the weekend <laughs> was unbelievable but mm. just the extra load it puts on so few bodies and yeah and you are as Keeg said you're expecting more out of McCluggage and he'll be in, a, in his second year and Barry but well, you can't expect much out of these guys I know they're no. doing really well but um, I, I tend to think the extra experienced body and Rocky's still only 27 I think um, yeah, that's yeah. Right. and people are sort of people some people have the theory of well if they're not going to be in the next premiership team but I no, that's rubbish what, yeah but I think I'm, that's complete I'm rubbish I, I'm with you guys 100% I think that's absolute garbage and you're trying to bridge your way up to the next premiership and as, you know Brisbane know that that's not going to be for quite a few years yet but mm. um, 
I think Rockliffe, and again, a lot of it comes back to his behaviour and his leadership, his leadership and his behaviour off the field and, you know, and away from the club. And if that's turned around, which everything I've heard and everything the club said publicly, you know, there's no reason to doubt them. It has. I'd be keeping him for sure. Don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you had a gut feeling as to which way it was going to go from here, what would you say? I'd probably lean towards him staying, but not with much conviction. Mm. Um, until I hear of and know myself firm offers from other clubs mm. and just how substantial they are, um, like I'm, I'm, I'm not as convinced they're going to be as lucrative and as substantial as you know mm. what some people out there might think. So, and I, and at the moment, I think Brisbane's keen to keep him and I guess we'll see exactly how keen they are with what sort of offer they make him. Is he a restricted free agent or unrestricted? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, he's restricted so mm. they can match but obviously if a um, I think as we've seen if a player decides mm. he wants to go, they, they yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Brisbane can match and they can trade him or mm. you know if, if Rocky decides he wants to go, they'll... Yeah. Well, it seems like the Adelaide media wants to get him across there. I know Mark Bickley's come out in the Adelaide Advertiser in the last couple of weeks and said, why would the Lions stand in Rockcliffe's way? Why mm. would they? He's not going to play in the next premiership. But Same yeah, reason I think... Carlton stood in Bryce Gibbs's way last yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And look, and look what it's doing for Carlton. Like it's, mm. If you really want your man to stay and you really want to keep him, I think Gibbs is a great example. And he still had years left on his contract. Bryce Gibbs yeah. was still in contract, but so it's slightly different. But he's having a great year for Carlton. And I he think, is playing good footy. Yeah, keeping your man if you want him is the, the way to go. Mm. Um, another article we'll touch on briefly before you let you go. You're a busy man last week with all these articles, but you wrote a, a nice piece on Louis Taylor, who's been playing some good footy. Probably wasn't his best game on the weekend, but that could be said for probably almost everyone bar Zorko. Um, but yeah, his form this year has been pretty impressive. Yeah, as I, I sent out a tweet, which I don't always do with my articles actually, but I was quite happy that I've been itching to, I've been itching to write it for a little while actually. Cause yeah. I sort of, even from the very first game of the year against Gold Coast, I remember he was running in towards goal and I thought for sure he was going to have a snap and he gave a handball to a guy in the goal square. I can't remember who the player was. or And I thought straight away that was a, a change in attitude and it's not that Louis was a selfish player or or anything like that but you know things are things go very quickly in your first couple of years in footy and I th- thought sometimes he was a bit flustered and he was a bit panicked but he just sort of had a cooler head and a clearer like a much clearer thinker straight mm. away this season so I sort of watched him and and as everyone has we've watched him and I just think he's had a terrific improvement this year and he's just taking the first option he's giving the easy option and he's playing a lot more direct mm. we know he's got speed but he's um yeah playing a lot more um north south to use footy vernacular rather than well, rather than a, yeah the, yeah so north south's a good point because i think maybe after his first year we were pretty critical of you know how he'd sort of run in circles mm. and take the safe option but now he's sort of pulling the trigger and backing in his abilities and more often than not it's coming off and yeah I remember thinking early in the season similar to you I think it was the Essendon game when we lost and he kicked like one three and maybe a couple of out in the full I think if he just tidied that up <clears throat> there was some pretty solid proof that he was going to have a good year and so it's transpired like he's been 
pretty instrumental to most of our attacking forays and getting involved that way, but he's also covering the ground and getting back into defence. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think um, on the weekend, I can't remember who the player was that he attacked, but he wrapped someone up ball and all, and it was just an... Um, and I think he won a free for a holding the ball decision. And um, and I think that's even just another year or two in the... And he's a small... He's a very small guy, Louis, and he's probably been criticised fairly, I think, in past for some of his defensive or lack mm. of defensive actions. But even just that one tackle, and I know it was one tackle, but I thought, oh, his commitment to defence was sort of wrapped up in that one point. So, mm. and I think well, I'm not excluding myself from this. We're pretty quick to, to judge players, and that's sort of the industry we're in a little bit. But he's, Louis's only 22, and he's played, you know, 60 yeah. games, and we're expecting him to be, <laughs> you know, contributing every week. So he's still so young, and... Um, to see his improvement this year is terrific. I'm just, um, you know, I like to see all players do well, so I'm really yeah. happy f- for his improvement this year. And it was just nice to get something on paper to, to, um, or something online to to get out there for people to read. Um, Ollie and I have talked about a theory of how players that have sort of had prolonged <clears throat> contract negotiations, their reputation suffered a bit, and probably the on-field form as a consequence as well. Like. I think we've talked about that in the context of Sam Mays and probably Louis Taylor as well. So it's just it's good to see them finally, well, both of them actually playing some good footy and you know having that clear, I guess, sense of mind. No sort of lingering contract negotiations or whatnot to worry about, and just getting out there and playing really good footy. Yeah, the two really good examples, two of the biggest improvers this year, and it's interesting just on that. I think Squizzy's draft class, the 2013, the guys that came essentially to replace the go-home five. They're, mm. they're the guys that are really mm-hmm. um, stepping up this year, aren't they? Like Squizzy and Dan mm. McStay, Darcy Gardner, um, Nick Robertson. Like All these guys are actually starting to make you know, um, consistent footballers of themselves in their fourth year. Yeah, and we would probably take Elliot Yo back in a heartbeat. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we would have him. <laughs> But um, spot for him somewhere, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess the one that's not hurting us at the moment from that class is James H, who's swandling away in the, the VFL. But um, that's right. Ironically, the highest, the, the, you know, the first yeah. round pick is the one that's hurting the least. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's all we've got time for today. So thanks a lot for that. And Mike, all the best for the rest of the year. Thanks, guys. Hopefully there's a few more wins for you guys to watch and for me to write about. We definitely hope so. See you, mate. (laughs) Thanks, guys.